Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Now, somebody mentioned this the other day, how that Paul's epistles always end up with a practical application of the doctrines that he's taught. Well, that's especially true right here in Ephesians. Now, we've had a lot of doctrine. Had a lot of uh, sovereignty of God, election, predestination, total depravity, doctrine of the church. Now he's putting it all down. We got it in chapter 5, the relationship of the husband and the wife. And now we're going to go on with this. Children, here we go. Children, are you a child? Listen to this. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That word right in the Greek is dikaios. It could be justified. This is right in the Lord. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That ought to be enough motivation for us. Does this need to be emphasized today absolutely one thing it used to be that most parents whether they had a bible education or not knew knew the lord they would make the children mind they didn't tolerate back talking uh, and disobedient children well, many of them probably went too far. Uh, but then again, you know, you don't know how far, you know, they should have gone. But it depends on what, what degree of disobedience there was. But there was a general understanding that children obeyed their parents, generally. We don't have that now. It's few and far between. Children that obey their parents are very rare uh, because not many do. Well, you've got government telling you, you you can't do something and you've got people teaching that, that it's wrong to, to tell them no. And so we've just got a completely different world. But this has never changed. Uh See, this goes all the way back 3,500 years ago to the, to the Ten Commandments. Now, I know some of them say, well, the Ten Commandments don't exist today. Oh, yes, they do. Amen. Nobody was ever saved by them. But the Ten Commandments are God's standard of right, of morality, of righteousness. And so he says... Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That is, there is a promise attached to it. That, that, thou, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And that's the promise. Well, this is... Being blessed by doing what's right. Not saying you won't be blessed by keeping the first, second, third, and fourth commandments. 
Because you will, but this is just one to emphasize that children that obey their parents have got a, a lot better shot of living long. So, then he says, I'm going to look at this, honor thy father and mother. Now, there's a lot of independent Baptist preachers that come down hard enough on the man as the head of the house and a uh, wom woman's supposed to knuckle under to him and they don't have any authority. They, they, if they don't say it, they, they suggest it. And there's a lot of men that want to go along with that. But notice he says, honor thy father and mother. Now there's a lot of, a lot of husbands and fathers that need to back their wives up with their kids. Because there's a lot of kids that just, they run their mouths to their mothers. Wouldn't dare think about it doing, doing it to daddy. But daddy needs to let those kids know that when he's not there, she's the boss. And so you better obey her and honor her. Let me show you real quick over here in, in Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 1. Well, the Old Testament was all men. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Proverbs 1, verse 8. My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Forsake not the law of thy mother. Puts her on an equal basis with him. All right. Look at uh, chapter 6. Verse 20, my son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. On equal footing, aren't they? Uh, chapter 10. Verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother, because she spends more time with him. But mom and dad is on equal footing there. Chapter 15, verse 20. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. That means he looks down on her, thinks nothing of her. I tell you what, there's some women that don't have enough <clears throat> to stop a punk kid from looking down on her. But that kid ought to have enough character about them that they didn't have to have her to make they automatically respect their mother and honor their mother. Because God will hold you accountable for that. And so you ought to bite your tongue off before you shoot your mouth off to your mother or your daddy. Of course, I don't worry about my daddy. If I'd done that to him, it, I'd knock, he'd knock my teeth down the throat. I mean, literally he would have. 
So you didn't, you know, he, he, he takes care of himself. But a lot of women don't. My mother was, she could be a little bit, but not, not much. She could be taken advantage of. But I'd rather cut my tongue out than to badmouth my mother. Never, 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 never. But I was raised with understanding of the Word of God. Chapter 19, verse 26. He that wastes his father and chases away his mother is the son that causes shame and bringeth reproach. Now, mamas and daddies ought to read this, and they ought to understand. Wasting your father is, is wasting him, not using him for what he is. And chasing away your mother, that's totally dishonoring, disrespecting him. And that son is one that will bring shame and reproach on them. Uh, I'm, I got a bunch more, but I'm not going to do it. But you see my point. The Bible never puts the father in a separate category than the mother. They work together with the kids. And see, by the same token, a mother fighting the father over disciplining the kids. If you got something to talk about, get away from the kids. Don't do it in front of them. I can go too far. Any man can. Any woman can. But you need to be together on those kids because they'll grow up and hate you. They really will. Anyway, verse 4. Now, see, we've got the children. We've had husband and wife in chapter 5 here. Now, there's children. That's our job. That's children's job. Now we got the fathers. Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now this is the head of you want to be the head of the house, be the head of the house. Most of my time here, I've dealt with a lot of Fathers that didn't bring the children to church. They let the mama, let the woman get up and take them to church. I even had them that would say, you won't go to Sunday school and church with her, you won't go fishing with me. What do you think a little boy's going to choose? And I think they're burning in hell right now. That's what I think. And maybe the kids are too. How about, how about making a child have a choice like that? Rather than getting this honorary good for nothing out of bed on Sunday morning and getting himself ready and getting his family ready and getting them to Sunday school and church, he wouldn't dare think about it. They'd say, well, I love the Lord. And then he dies, they try to put, preach him into heaven. No, he went the other way. 
dishonor God that way. Well, I have to get my sleep sometime. Well, okay. Get it at night. You work in the day, and you work, or unless you work at night, then you get it in the daytime. You get it when you can. But the Lord's day ain't your sleep catch-up day. It ain't your family visit time. You're meeting family. You need to visit at church. Do we not have good time together here at church, eating down here and fellowshipping Sunday afternoon? Absolutely. Anyway, fathers provoke not your children to wrath. Now that's you believe that's the same word. Provoke and wrath is the same word. Now, how do fathers provoke their children to wrath? Well, teasing them. Saying things to them they shouldn't say to them. Mistreating them. And, you know, sometimes it causes real problems because those kids... That son gets gets pretty embittered. Father ought to have he ought to have you know what you know what some men they just need they need to read a book every now and then so they can talk like they got some sense. Read this book so you can talk like you got some sense. They, a lot of guys can't talk about nothing but but mad at the job, fishing, hunting, or basketball or football. And you get away from that, they can't talk about anything. Talk about something decent. Talk to your wife about the word of God. The Bible says you're supposed to nourish her. Nourish her, bring her up in the word of God. Oh, I'll never read that. Well, you're an idiot. Live your whole life an idiot, then you die and go to, go to hell. Well, yeah. No excuse for it. But it's a father's duty to bring. That word bring is the same word for rear. Rearing children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. To admonish is to rebuke the wrong and infuse the right. Amen. Now, servants. Now, that's the word doulos. Nowadays, a lot of oh, doesn't mean What sir does? That's what it meant then. It hadn't, it hadn't changed because of Joe Biden or anybody else. There were involuntary slaves in those days and voluntary slaves. Paul said he was a bond servant uh, of the Lord. So, but in our context, you can put servants, workers, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. There it is. According to the flesh, that's according to life. He's not your Lord and Master. 
The fellow you work for is not your Lord and Master. He does not own you. You've got a gentleman's agreement. You're going to do what they need to have done for thus and so kind of money. And they're going to pay you like they said they're going to. And you're going to deliver what you're supposed to be delivering. And in that context, you're to be obedient to them. Doesn't mean they can tell you everything about your life. It means on the job, within the job, the boundaries of the job. Be obedient to your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling, not a them of God. In singleness of your heart, as unto Christ. You mean when you go to work, you're still serving Christ? That's what he says. Verse 6, a singleness of your heart. That just that means that Christ is first. Be. Not with eye service. As men pleasers. But as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Now with eye service. Used to have a guy work for us painting. Uh, I went to school with him. Never seen a guy in love with basketball as much as him. He carried his tennis shoes and a basketball in the trunk of his car. He was ready for a game at any time. And uh, you'd say, I can't remember his name right now. I want you to go over here and do this. Gotcha, boss. <laughs> gotcha, boss. Brother Hart just he, he gets mad at him and just softly, gotcha, boss. He hated him. <laughs> but here's the problem. You hear him saying like, no problem. Sure, no problem. It may or may not get done. That's kind of eye service. Kids do it. Okay, okay. And then go off and do what they're going to do anyway. Yeah. Not with eye service. But as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Amen. It's that serious. You're on a job. Now, if you don't know, if you're just starting and you don't know what to do, then you need to make sure that they know that you don't know what to do and I need to have some show me what to do so I can get it done. But it is vitally important for your service to Christ that you be the best worker that you can possibly be. That's a testimony in itself. Don't tell me that you can be a slovenly worker. When I was going to Bible college, I ran out of work and cut my work off. I was, anyway, I've told about that. I about dropped out of school. But I finally went to work to, uh, with, at UK. They hired me part-time, and they never hired, hired part-time people. But they made a special deal for me because I could do some stuff they needed to have done. 
So anyway, I got a part-time job, but I was making less money than I'd been paying my help. But I had to have an income of something. And so I got there. I'd never worked in a crew before. And I was kind of sweating it. You know, man, I'm, I may not know near what I think I do. You know, well, I'm telling you the truth. They put me with a crew of painters, a bunch of them. They used to have a bunch of shotgun houses on Rose Street that they rented out to students and all that. Had about five of them right in a row there, painting all of them. Well, it was on a Christmas break and trying to get it all done. Well, I went in there, and I don't know how many painters I had, seven or eight of them. I never seen that many painters in one job in my life. <clears throat> well, they'd fight you over a roller. They were not going to pick up a brush. So the first thing I did, I got a brush. I didn't even look for a roller. Well, you had all these pipes and stuff overhead and all. It's still a lot of brush work. Well, I, was, I could use a brush. I went and got that done. I told the boss the next day, I said, uh, I will tell you, when I leave this job, I'm going to have to go back to work. I said, I don't put nobody down, but I said, I'm... If I stay with this crew, I'll forget how to work. I said, I'd appreciate it if you'd put me by myself. Well, I went right next door. I got that whole job, that whole house by myself. When I got it done, moved to the next house, that bunk was still back there at that first house. Well, I didn't care. I wasn't making much money. But I was doing a job. I wasn't worried about the money. I am worried about getting my job done. Well, I think that's exactly the way we ought to be on any of them. So, uh, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. That's prisoner or free man. Now you masters, so the masters come in here, uh, do the same things unto them. You be as good a master as you expect them to be as a good worker. Forbearing, threatening. Watch your big mouth. Knowing that your master also is in heaven, however big they are. However many billions they're worth, their master is in heaven. He said, I want to be it, just do it my way. Well, you can't do it your way. You can only, it can only be done God's way. And if it's not done God's way, you'll pay the price. There's only one master. Amen. Neither is there respect to persons with him. The master, the Lord Jesus Christ, doesn't respect you any more than he does them. Or them any more than he does you. It's equal. So all your riches and all your clout holds no ice with him. Finally, my brethren, now comes to all of us. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's not in your strength. That's in the Strength of the Lord. 
Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the methods of the devil, the wiles of the devil. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, human beings, that's not where our battle is. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Well, the actual word there is the heavenlies, in high places. Who's the prince of the power of the air? Satan is. He's not in, he's not in the bottomless pit now. He's, he's walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And that's who our battle is with. However, if that's, if that's who tries to stick with that battle, me against Satan, I lose. That's why I've got to go in the power and the might of the Lord. Now, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, notice that, to stand and having done all to stand. Stand and keep on standing. Say, well, I'm tired. I, I want to quit. You can't. Stand. Stand. And stand some more. Until he takes your last breath. Then you don't have to stand no more. Now it's over. But until that happens, stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. The truth of God's word. That's all you've got. Now, there's a lot of folks that say, well, if you're going to talk to people that don't know the Bible or they don't believe the Bible, you can't bring the Bible up to them. Really? So why, why would you give your truth up and what are you going to convince them with then? Say, well, I'm going to have to fight this fellow He's got a big sword, and uh, I, I'm going to lay my sword down. Oh, no. That's not how you fight him. You take the sword of the Lord, which is the word of God, and you don't let him put it down. You say, well, I don't believe the Bible. Well, I do. Amen. And I don't know if anything has ever been proven wrong with it. And you be able to defend the truth. Uh, have your loins girt about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, now, if you're living a life just like they are, you can't stand against them. Well, they'll make mincemeat out of you. You gotta have you gotta have the breastplate of righteousness on. Living your life according to the word of God. Say, well, they won't like me if I, if I do that. Yeah. Well, they won't like you, but I'll tell you what. One thing: when you go to talk to them, they'll listen to you because they'll know that you're sincere about what you're doing. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. There's the shoes you put on. And above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. I remember that movie on uh, the Pilgrim's Progress. And you remember all of these things were brought there. They demonstrated those. I thought that was excellent. And take the helmet of salvation. There's your confidence. I know whom I believe, have believed and persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. There's a helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
God will not bless anything but his word. And he said, I will accomplish that which I please with his word. If they don't act like they believe it, that's all right. That's all right. They need to hear it. And if God's going to use anything, it'll be the word. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Now, we can't be on our knees and our eyes shut praying around the clock. But we can always be in a, in a spirit of prayer. We can always be in communication with God, always, except when we're asleep. And watching thereunto with all perseverance, that means keeping on, keeping on, and supplication for all saints. That's kind of going beyond prayer, just almost begging a little bit for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me. As great as the Apostle Paul was, the knowledge that he had that the Lord used, he's saying, pray for me that I'll be given words. That's logos is a word there under utterance. That I'll be given the words to speak. <laughs> he wasn't going off in, in, in his pride and his ego and all his great learning. You pray that the Lord, he'll give me utterance, words to speak, that I may speak the right, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known, not how smart I am, but the mystery of the gospel. And that's not a mystery to him, but it's a mystery to others. And the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds. I got the cuffs on. I got the stocks. I'm in the stocks. I got the door shut locked I'm an ambassador in bonds we think well, an ambassador now he's free to travel first class and goes here and there and there well Paul's in bonds but he's still an ambassador for the Lord wherever you are wherever I am we are ambassadors for the Lord that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak but that you also may know my affairs. I want you all to, at Ephesus to know my affairs, what's going on with me, and how I do. Remember, Paul said we go back and check on the churches and see how they do. Now he's going to tell them, I want you to know my affairs and how I do, what's going on with me. So, Tychicus, and that's the word in the Greek, Tychicus, but Tychicus, that's how you pronounce that word, a beloved brother. And faithful diakonos, servant, deacon, in the Lord shall make known to you all things. He knows my situation, and he's going to inform you of how I do. Whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that you all may not, might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. Let you know that we're going to make it one way or another. So peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Now some of these subscriptions are probably not right. This is probably is. Written from Rome unto the Ephesians by Tychicus. Now thus is the book of Ephesians. Everybody's got their jobs. The Bible's not written to preachers. 
We have some certain instructions for preachers. But the Bible is written to God's people. And wherever you are, whatever your situation is, you've got definite instructions of how to live your life.